0: Computer Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Computer Report Podcast. Back from West Palm Beach in the NFL Annual Meeting. Oh, I know it's the NFL Owners' Meeting because all the owners are there. Voting on stuff like overtime rules and possessions and whatnot. And uh, I'm Scott Reynolds. Alongside me is, is Matt Matera. We're going to break down all of the... Reaction we have to Jason Light speaking to the Bucks media, as well as Joe Laser and what they had to say about Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, a couple of players who have yet to be re-signed by the team, and Dama Rob Gronkowski, Blaine Gabbert, your number Blaine one player. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we welcome you all in to a, a very fun, packed edition of Bucks news and, and entertainment for you. Uh, Matt, long time no see. Yeah, it's uh, it's only
1: been like an hour and a half, maybe two yeah. hours, but I miss you already. We've been traveling all the way from east side to west side and, and back and forth. I mean, and we are surrounded by, I think if you combined all of the money, like trillions and trillions of dollars. So it was yes. nice to uh, just be in that type of company, but uh, yeah. a great, great trip to to Palm Beach, West Palm Beach for the owners meetings. and I think we got a lot of Good information out of it from Jason Light and Joel Glazer. Things that Bucks fans will very much be interested in and be looking forward to uh, hearing about what's going down. So yep. um, should be a, a very fun episode that I'm looking forward to.
0: I agree. And you're talking about trillions of dollars, and of course, that's that's probably the combined wealth of the the NFL owners yes. down there in West Palm Beach. Not necessarily you and I, although we Not were yet. we <laughs> were funded by our listeners and viewers of the Pew Report podcast. And, and uh, it's it's for little trips like this where there is some travel expense that we appreciate everybody who has donated Super Chats here on the live edition of the Pew Report podcast on our YouTube channel, which is Pew Report TV. And also for those of you who have decided to donate and help us out, on our website, pewterreport.com backslash donation, that's the place where you can go if you want to give us an Internet tip, if you will, like the, the old tip jar. Uh, you can donate $10 or more and as a one-time donation there, or you can become a monthly donor for as little as $3 a month. We have three really cheap options, $3, $5, and $9 a month. So if you like the work that we do on PeterReport.com, we just put up a story. Uh, we'll talk about about uh, who said what at the NFL owners meeting, uh, but not everyone's happy to see Brady back with the Bucks. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, you know, Joel Laser is happy. Jason Light was happy, but there were some very unhappy people there in West Palm beach about Tom Brady's return. But uh, again, three, five, dollars your monthly options. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, all of the money that you donate to Peter report and give us those tips, if you will, for articles, for podcasts, et cetera, they go right back into things like our travel budget, equipment costs, et cetera. And we just greatly appreciate you out there in, uh, in the Peter people land for um, helping fund some of these these activities, so we can report to you and give you the the news and information that you want and crave. So Matt, where do we start today? What what was like the the, the top of mind thing? I, I think it has to be Tom Brady, right? And the fact that Jason Light, it really wasn't what he said. It's kind of how he said it and what he looked like saying it. Uh, he did not think that Tom Brady was going to be signing a, a contract extension anytime soon. He didn't he didn't say that Brady wasn't, but Boy, reading between the lines and looking at Jason Light's face when asked that question, you could see, don't think an extension's coming for Tom Brady. Right, absolutely, Scott. And I think it's important that we do start with
1: Tom Brady, because as we know, whether he's in New England or whether he's in Tampa, uh, nobody pushes the needle like Tom Brady does. And in a way, not too much, but in a way, it kind of goes into, and I hate addressing this too, but there was all those rumors about Tom Brady going to Miami or wanting to play for the Dolphins. Which, let's just, let's just get done with that already. Like, yeah. He's not playing for the Dolphins this year. That's stupid. Correct. That's idiotic. Why on earth would he... First of all, in his tweet when he came back, he said, I'm coming back to Tampa Bay right. to play football. Why would he start recruiting guys like Russell Gage and getting Leonard Fournette back? Yep. So, he's not playing in Miami this year. That's just ludicrous. It's ridiculous. I won't stand for people still believing that's don't going do it. to happen.
0: Don't now, do it, people.
1: Yeah, don't. Now, in terms of why Brady might not be open to uh, signing an extension for after this season. One, maybe he only wants to play for this year and then he's done. But two, right. if he does want to play somewhere else like Miami, and there's those reports that he's building uh, a mansion in Miami, him right. and Giselle, mm-hmm. then he would like to have his options open, which that sure. I totally understand. Now, going back to Jason Light when he was asked about it, many of the other questions going on at the – at our press conference with him um he was pretty direct pretty straightforward question answered almost right away yeah. not too much hesitation anything like that Jason has a pretty good poker face but when it came to the extension of Tom Brady or yeah. will they extend Tom Brady because I think it's understandable the Bucks and Jason Light want to extend oh Tom yeah Brady who yeah. wouldn't want <laughs> to have right. that comfort knowing that Tom Brady's going to be here for right. one more year but in terms of Will they, or is that going to get done? Is that going to happen? Jason kind of paused a little bit. His mouth was open. You he gave see you the that nervous shooting. laugh. That,
0: that. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You saw was, the sweat start to pour out of his mm-hmm. forehead a little bit. He's like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah he he was God. pressed he was pressed yeah. a little bit on that, and I I think it's a little clear and obvious. Like, yes, obviously you would love to have Tom Brady under contract as an extension, but maybe Tom doesn't want to do that, and you know. Tom has a no-trade clause. He has a no-franchise-tag uh, clause. So he yeah. kind of – Brady
0: controls the situation here. If that's he doesn't right. want to play, I, he won't I, play. Yeah, if he I wants to play, he, wants. he will
1: play. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and here's the thing, too. it's that Just because Brady doesn't sign an extension in Tampa this year does not preclude him from signing a one-year deal with Tampa next year. Right. I mean, I mean if he wants to, and, of course, like you said, the team is going to want him back. <laughs> that's The Blazers, Jason Light, Bruce Aarons, all the way down – they want Tom Brady back as long as he will play. But I think Brady just wants to be in control of that decision and not feel obligated to play another year because he's under contract if he wants to retire or play in Tampa. If he wants to try the 49ers, if he wants to try Miami, that's up to him. I mean, you know, to get three <laughs> years of Tom Brady and to get so far a Super Bowl ring, a franchise record 13 win season. That, that came with a, a long-awaited NFC South title, uh, and who knows what what year three is going to hold, but, I mean, it's been a pretty good run so far. We all knew that Tom Brady was not the quarterback of the future here. He was the quarterback <laughs> of the present, and and because of his age, you had a short window of opportunity. Thankfully, it's been three years, right? But, I mean, don't get greedy. <laughs> if, if If he wants to play another year in Tampa, then he will. If he wants to play somewhere else, Got to deal with that because he gave you three years, a Super Bowl ring, and again, so far, an NFC South title, a 13-win season, and we'll see what happens this year. I'm going to Pencil in the playoffs, right? Yes. I'm going to pencil in probably an NFC South uh, uh, title. That was at least the look we saw on the faces of the yes. NFC South coaches today. Scott, with, I, I,
1: I wanted to get into that next because we'll, we'll get back to Jason and everything like that. But yep. since we're on the topic of Brady, it was almost comical in a sense. um We spoke to the NFC the NFC South coaches, but all the NFC coaches today, unfortunately. Bruce Arians wasn't there. He had a personal matter that he had to attend to. Um, Thankfully he's okay, but he, he wasn't there. So um, we did our due diligence and spoke uh, around the rest of the league and to the NFC South coaches. Um, I spoke to the saints coast coach, Dennis Allen and um, Panthers coach, Matt rule. You spoke to uh, Arthur Smith of the Falcons. And you also spoke to uh, defending super bowl champion head coach, uh, Sean McVay of the Rams. And uh, just from my experience of talking to to Allen and rule, Allen, pretty much he was like, listen, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, we welcome the challenge. But there was part of me that was like, oh, aren't we done with him? And yeah. then Matt rule. And please, everyone that's watching uh, this podcast right now or listening to it, go and check out our video on our on Peter Reports Twitter. Because when Matt Rule, when I asked him the question, you could see right before he answers, he makes this face of like, "Ah, Brady." He's I know. Back. Like you could see it in his face, and it's yeah. like a little bit of a smirk, a little bit of like a a shrug and a ah. Right. My, my hands are up. Uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing else we can do. But Rule, I thought, had a very interesting answer in terms of, yeah, you know, when he was gone, I thought it changed the complexion of the NFC South as a whole, yeah. pretty much saying. Oh, Brady's gone. Like it's an open competition. We have a chance this year. Right. And then he's like, uh, but now he's back, and I'm still looking at the complexion. But he also said, too, listen, I love football. I yeah. love football. And the NFL is at its I'm paraphrasing here, but the NFL yeah. is at its best when they're when our best players are playing in yeah. healthy. So it's great Tom for the Bennett. NFL that Tom Brady is back. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. So there's a sense of despair. But in a weird way, also a sense of excitement because you get to play against the goat, and right. everyone wants to take the shot at the best for sure.
0: That's right, you know. And, and it's like, you know, um, you could ask any player, and and they want to beat the best, right, mm-hmm. from a competition standpoint. Like I've asked Warren Sapp before. I said, you know, did it mean more when you got a sack against Larry Allen, like Hall of Famer, like the best that there ever was, right? Yeah. Uh, or, or when you get a sack against Randall McDaniel, you know, a perennial Pro Bowl player for the Vikings, he's like, hell yeah, like those, those count more, right? And it's the same thing. It's like Tyler Heineke. I mean, he only has a handful of wins in, in the NFL, but damn, one of those came against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Right, Scott, Any more. anytime any defensive back gets an interception,
1: especially like right. a young guy the rare time Brady throws an interception, every announcer goes, man, he's going to be telling his grandkids one day right. about the time that he intercepted Tom <laughs> Brady. You know, it's everyone talks about it that
0: way. Yeah, So you're right. And, and uh, when I had a chance to talk to, to Arthur Smith uh, about, about that, uh, um, he, he maintained all along. He said, I never thought he re- he retired. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think I said that at the combine, he's playing at a high level when we play Tampa. And if he didn't run out there, then I'd believe it, but Tom is playing as good as anybody. So he he was kind of in disbelief that that Brady actually retired. He did not think that that Brady <laughs> was going to stay retired. In Cliff Kingsbury, I talked to him the the Cardinals play the Buccaneers later this That's year, right. and um, and I had a chance to speak to to him about that, and and he thought the same thing. He said, uh, um, he said when, when he actually, let me find the quote here. Kingsbury. well one of the things he said was uh you know they have a great team down there in Tampa and a great setup so it's good for everybody that he's, that he's back except for the teams in the NFC you know that's <laughs> that, that that's the uh you know the, that's the feeling right there in the NFC right is is you've seen all this talent leave to go to the AFC, right? Russell Wilson is now a Bronco. Devonte Adams is now a Raider mm-hmm. and LaVon Miller is now a Buffalo Bill. So that's, that's a pretty interesting sea change, right? And uh, th- this is what uh, uh, Kingsbury said. I thought he was going to unretire and he unretired the way he went out. He's such a competitor. If he could still play and keep doing it now, uh, I didn't think he would walk away from the game and ultimately he didn't. And, and uh, the most interesting quote came from Sean McVay, who I, yep. I asked. I said, Sean, what was your reaction when Brady retired and then unretired? And I swear, Sean McVay, is, he's like a little John Gruden. I mean, <laughs> it's just the mannerisms and the demeanor and even the pacing and the way he talks. You can tell he was been on, he's been on John Gruden's staff before, which he was here in Tampa, believe it or not, mm-hmm. back in the day. But uh, he said, I was like, shit, man. Can we get this guy the hell out of the league? And, you know, he said what everybody else really wanted to say, which is ah, another year of Tom Brady, you know, and, and, uh, but there were some good reactions there from, from the, the NFC coaches. Interestingly enough, just a couple of tidbits and asides, uh, Sean McVay obviously had a massive amount of people around him. Gigantic. Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan. Those are the, you know, the the other teams in the NFC South that are kind of the the powerhouses of of the playoff teams. Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he was like the ugly duckling there. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> he's which is crazy a handsome man, because he's stunningly but, handsome. And, yeah, yeah, it was like you, me, and maybe two other reporters. And yeah. we were so just kind of – And we had spoken to, like, almost all of the other coaches. So we were just – I kind of thought we were getting the tail end of, of Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I don't know if because, you know, Arizona's all the way on the West Coast and maybe yeah. not everyone – I'm not calling out anyone specifically, but – you know that's a long trip all the way from sure. the west coast to, to come to to Florida, but there wasn't too many people around Cliff Kingsbury. No, not at what all. do you really think there would be, considering yeah. all of the news and the stories? Tyler with, Murray, with, with Tyler Murray this yeah. year.
0: No, you're right, and and uh, and also Arthur Smith too. It's you know, you always felt sorry for Arthur Smith, right? It's he's he's in year yeah. two of, of, of the Falcons. Oh, you two know, against Tom Brady. Brady's coming back. You can just count two more. You whiffed on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah. You whiffed on Deshaun Watson. Matt Ryan's unhappy. You trade him away. You, you, you sign Marcus Mariota, and you're going to probably draft a quarterback. Your top receiver is suspended for the entire
1: year. Yeah. Like your your number one weapon is well, you have Kyle Pitts there, but other than that, Daryl Cord- Patterson. Patterson I mean, and that's it. Yeah. That that's essentially it.
0: So uh, you know you you might see some wishbone from Atlanta this year, <laughs> 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 right? You might. You might see some some Maryland eye formation. You might see yeah. some, uh, you know, some wing T. I don't know. I don't know what, what they're going to do in Atlanta, but it's the really quarterback
1: don't... option with Mariota the whole yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, you got Kyle Pitts,
0: but I mean, that, that's pretty much it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just that, that's kind of the pecking order. Not many people around that rule either, right? I mean, the, the NFC South is is not the the flashy glamour position, uh, you know, that, that it used to be. Just five years ago, this was a division mm-hmm. that had Cam Newton, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. And it was the Buccaneers who were the cellar dwellers because they didn't have a quarterback, you know. And now it's it's autopsy turvy because of Brady and and because you know now Jameis Winston, you you think he's going to be the starter. Well, all of a sudden, the Saints sign Andy Dalton, and it's it's a pretty significant contract because it's a three year deal. And as we were reading about on Twitter on the way back from West Palm Beach, Matt, this Saints team was poised to get a compensatory draft pick, either a third or fourth round pick. For losing to ron armstead their left tackle and mm-hmm. free agency now because of dalton's veteran status and, and the amount of money he signed for apparently that's going to negate and wipe out that that compensatory pick for armstead in 2023
1: right and scott that's the shocking part about it is that not that it's just a, a comp pick it's a third or a fourth round like yeah. that's an important pick in the NFL draft, right. the Bucks got a seventh-round comp pick. If the Bucks got lost their seventh-round comp pick to get a backup quarterback or yeah. any team for that matter, sure, you're absolutely fine with that. But to lose a valuable third or even fourth-round pick—I mean, right. we've seen Bucks players get drafted in the fourth round and uh, you know make splash plays. Jordan Whitehead, yeah. of course, he's—he he's, went to the Jets. But fourth still, batter. there's mm-hmm. so much value in, in those middle rounds. Like the Bucks traded a fourth-round pick, I believe, to get Rob Gronkowski. Like we're talking yeah, about the right. greatest tight end of all time. Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul
0: was traded for a third-round pick. You know? Yeah, Shaq, you, you Mason,
1: can... Shaq Mason, a
0: fifth-round pick. So yeah.
1: we're, we're talking about such a valuable pick mm-hmm. for a guy that might not even see the field. And if he is right. seeing the field, it's because your main starter is, is – it. hopefully James is trouble. healthy all season. Yeah. But, yeah, the only reason he's yeah. going to be in the game is because he's in trouble. And I don't think that's the best situation for no. Jameis, too. Like, Jameis <laughs> already had to deal with, you know – having Ryan Fitzpatrick there pushing him and pretty much, I mean, James was suspended. Tampa, but Fitz, yeah. yeah. In Tampa. But right. Fitz was playing well, at least those right. first three games while James wasn't there. And then James, James finally to, gets rid of Taysom. The yeah, Taysom, he, Taysom he, Hill's he, a tight he, he, end now, but yeah. yeah, he
0: had to beat out the pet project of, of Sean Payton, you know, yeah. and, and Taysom Hill. And, and Dennis Allen's like, no, we're, we're playing him a tight end. Yeah. You're not a quarterback. <laughs> you know, Sean's not here. Sorry. Teacher's pet. No more. You're, you're back to, to tight end. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's interesting in New Orleans, right? And and so, essentially, what the Saints did today was they essentially traded a, a 2023 pick for free agents, Andy Dalton. And mm-hmm. we'll see how that whole shakes, that whole situation shakes out there in New Orleans. So, you know, I think the Panthers probably going to draft a quarterback to compete with Sam Darnold. They have to. But Darnold, they can't move him. I mean, he's just like Baker Mayfield. He's going to be making $18 million this year as – as their fifth-year option guy, because they picked up the fifth-year option after trading for Donald with yeah. the Jets, so mm-hmm. they are stuck with him for this year. And and I'm, you know, he's the veteran, so he's going to get the the first salvo in there. And and then I'm sure that the rookie at some point, if Carolina's season goes south, which it probably will, yeah, <laughs> you'll see whoever they pick, either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or whoever, but you'll see. A rookie quarterback, I think, in Carolina and probably in Atlanta as well. Yeah,
1: that's that's absolutely very true. And um, so a lot of competitions between starters and potential backups. And um, bringing this back to to Jason Light now. Well, uh, hold on a second. You you mentioned
0: competition. And and we would be remiss if we didn't mention the competition for – Flavors. Which Celsius are you going to pick today, people? That's really what it boils Ooh. down to. And for me, uh, you know, I, I I had a choice, right? I Tropical vibe, Fuji apple pear. I went with the Fuji apple pear. It fueled me today with regards to our uh, performance at the NFL owners meeting, right? I mean, um, all of that hard work standing there holding a recorder, you know, I needed yeah. the, the Celsius to help me power through that today. And, uh, and folks, you if you haven't tried Celsius, what are you doing? I mean, maybe if this is the first time you're tuning into the Pewter Report podcast, okay, we'll give you a pass. But folks, if you've been here for two shows or longer, you got to get on board. You got to get on the Celsius train. Why? Because this is the energy drink with tons of flavor, tons of great taste, no sugar and no preservatives. And what that means is you're going to get all the energy that Celsius is going to provide, but no crash. And I'll tell you what, I've been working out, been going to the gym. Hit the treadmill, hidden the elliptical, and I drink a Celsius before my workout. And folks, it does accelerate your metabolism, just like the can says. It does burn body fat. I've dropped some pounds, and, and Celsius, I think, is, is a big reason why. So if you want to do what I did, find Celsius near you. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and you'll find out where you can get Celsius. Once you try some of these great flavors, whether it's orange, the tropical vibe, peach vibe, Strawberry, guava, wild berry, grape, cola flavored. Once you find the flavors you like, go to Amazon, buy them in bulk, hit the subscribe and save button, and they'll ship those cans right to you. You don't have to go out and get it, Matt. You save money, yep. and you get the Celsius delivered right to you.
1: That's right. And Scott, you were kind enough to spot me this morning. I had a the Celsius tropical vibe. Uh, started my day with that, and it went smoothly. It went great. Um, yep. Tropical Vibe is quickly moving up the ranks for me. Ah. It absolutely is. And as you know, Scott, we, we just drove back from Palm Beach. It was yep. about a three-and-a-half-hour drive, made a couple stops along the way. It really doesn't matter where you go, convenience store, bodega, gas yep. station. There is Celsius all over the place. I actually yep. have one right now, Sparkling Grapefruit. I'm going to have a Excellent. little bit of that because I got a volleyball game after this podcast yeah, here that go. I got to get ready for, too. And, uh, you know, it's great to be fueled by... Uh, Celsius but I'm telling you you go to all these different places they will have Celsius the only reason why they wouldn't have Celsius is because it's they're sold, sold out. out of that that's it yeah
0: <laughs> that's right yeah
1: so um thank you to Celsius for being a sponsor um helped us with our whole trip at the NFL owners meetings so back to J- yeah so back to Jason Light we still have a lot of topics to get into we'll get into Sue and Gronk but since we were just talking about backup quarterbacks this one I think we could just talk about it uh, briefly um Bruce was uh, sorry, Jason was talked, was asked about your favorite player, Blaine Gabbard, or one of your favorite players, Blaine Gabbard. It's, Just fair, add- to
0: say, it's fair to say, favorite. That's okay. okay. Cool. Fair to say that. I mean, all time favorite would be Rondé Barber. He knows that, of course. But if we're talking current players rather than retired Buccaneer legends, then um, you can mention Blaine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool.
1: So he was asked about. If if he's still open to re-signing Blaine Gabbard, if anything's going on with that. And I was curious in the way that he answered, because Jason Light essentially said, We appreciate Blaine for what he's done. And he didn't, he certainly wasn't closing the door saying, No, Blaine's not coming back, we're moving in, a, in another direction. But it wasn't necessarily oh, like we really want Blaine back, and maybe that just shows their vote of confidence in Kyle Trask, but it almost reminded me of when John and I were at the the NFL Combine in Indy earlier this month, or late February into March, but anyway, a couple weeks ago, where he was asked about Ronald Jones, and I think beforehand, we kind of all knew, surmised, could make an educated guess that Ronald Jones wasn't Back, but, you know, you still got to hear it straight from the source. In this case, Jason. Light. Absolutely. And Jason said that um, pretty much when asked by Ron Jones, he said, we thank Ronald Jones for what he's done for this team over the past couple years. Right. You know, since they drafted him. But get the hell out. It was essentially yeah. thank you, but we're going in a different right. direction. And I'm not saying that's exactly what he was saying with Blaine right. Gabbert, But the way that he said we appreciate Blaine made it sound a little bit more past tense than I had ever really heard about or speculated Matt, when it comes to Blank
0: not make me cry on the podcast. Please, <laughs> please don't. Okay. I'm sorry. Let's uh, let's switch subjects to something more uplifting okay. and positive, shall we? Okay. Um it'd be inter- interesting enough that, that Ronald Jones goes to Kansas City, right? Where it's like yeah. if you look at, at, <laughs> at the times that Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to the Chiefs, I mean it's 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 just similar to what Tom Brady does in Tampa. The Mm -hmm. the running backs have to be able to catch the ball there. Look at Darrell Williams and his production, Jerick McKinnon in the playoffs, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. I mean, the chiefs backs catch the ball in mass. And so I'm just curious as to why. Maybe it's because Ronald Jones had that amazing touchdown catch against Kansas city, right? Back in 2020 down the sidelines. I mean, every, every squirrel finds a nut. I don't know. Just, you know, he and he doesn't has he has, pass walk particularly well. Yeah. He
1: misses he misses assignments on it. That's I get if you thing. want. I get if you just want like a a straight up runner, but yeah. that's not that's never really been Kansas City's mo, yeah. especially with you know with
0: Mahomes at quarterback. Right. And the interesting thing is, is both of Kansas City's other backs. I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, their former first round pick, he is their lead back, but Daryl Williams is still unsigned as a free agent. So is Derek McKinnon. I think either both those guys, either one of them. Would look at as a veteran coming in in that Giovanni Bernard role, and I'm not yeah. opposed to re-signing Bernard, but I almost like McKinnon uh, and or Williams better. I think I think there are younger options, or at least Darrell Williams is. And Williams played at LSU with Leonard Fournette, so maybe that's a good thing. I don't know, but it just it's interesting that Ronald Jones goes of all places Kansas City, where he's going to be asked to catch the ball and pass protect, which he struggled with here in Tampa.
1: Yeah, that was the main issue for him. I think it'd be cool to almost see a, a running back swap. You got the player jersey swaps after, yeah. um, you know, after games. Maybe we can start yeah. doing a media credential swap after like these events.
0: You know, I don't like that. Had- yeah. <laughs> yeah, Greg Alman, I would love to trade yeah. credentials with you. Can we do that? Um, we we'll But see. yeah, I hear you. So uh, interesting news about um, about Tom Brady there, right? Uh, and, and Blaine Gabbard That kind of crosses our, our quarterback uh topics off the, the the table right now but yeah. really some other big news again not just what jason said but what he didn't say and kind of his facial contortions when talking about it and and that's the great thing with jason is 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 with bill belichick it's it's like you know uh it's you know we're on to cincinnati i mean it's like mm-hmm. the same right it's like we're we're thrilled we won the super bowl you know we're we're aiming to do it again you know or it's yeah, it was, a, it was a crushing defeat to run to Cincinnati, right? Like it's it's yeah. the same guy all the time with Jason. It's like you get the highs, the lows, you get everything. You can read the facial expression. Yeah, and when it comes to Damika Sue, mm, boy, that was interesting. What what he said about Damika Sue, and and you just kind of give me your 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 take, your feel about this, Matt. I'm gonna pull up what Jason actually said about Sue, and I'll read that here in a second. But just you know th- that was one of those things when Jason started talking about Dominic and Sue well we started to raise our eyebrows yeah absolutely um i'm not saying that before
1: our conversation with Jason uh, at the press conference i'm not saying that beforehand i was was thinking it was a guarantee or an absolute sure thing yeah but i i, I was of the, the belief that the odds were in favor of Indomcan Sue coming back now after hearing Jason talk Um, That has changed, at least in my opinion, I think your opinion as well. And it seemed a lot more of like, hey, man, the clock is ticking. It's now or never. Uh, Make up your mind. Are you coming back or not? Because you said that you're still in in, uh, negotiations with with Sue and and Sue's um, representatives and everything like that. But it seemed uh, a little, a little icy. Not as um, upbeat yeah. and, and springy as, as as we've seen in the past. It sounds like Sue might want a little bit more money than what Jason is is willing to pay him, and it definitely seems like things have have cooled off in the sense of um, before it was almost a sure thing, and now it's hey, well, if we don't get Sue, we still have the NFL draft, and we can replace you with the younger defensive tackle that's a rookie, then sign on for one more year with, with a veteran guy who's been very productive. Let's, let's not forget that he's since he came to Tampa, he he's really been great for this team, but um, yeah, Jason doesn't sound too happy with Ndamukong Su right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he wants him back. It will be interesting to see if, if the Buccaneers have a shot at like Devonte Wyatt, right? If, if they have sure. a, a chance to get him as opposed to, I don't think they're going to go after Jordan Davis. I just don't, I don't think Davis is going to be there, but at the same time, I, I just don't. Jordan Davis is not a factor on third downs. And if you listen to Bruce Arians at Indy, like you did, Matt, you, were, you and John were there to me, they want somebody that can be more impactful on third downs and, and get some pressure when they go to their pressure packages. And it's not that Sue can't, it's just, he's 35. He's going to get six sacks a season and that's good. But boy, It'd look for somebody to get more hits on the quarterback, more pressures, a couple more sacks. And Devontae Wyatt really has that skill set. Jordan Davis was not a factor at Georgia on third downs. I know we ran a four-seven, whatever at the combine. He played okay. like five-two on Saturdays. He just did. And <laughs> I think the the other the other two guys that might be in play, um, one of them is kind of like a poor man's and and that's that's Travis Jones from UConn. And then the other guy was in our most recent mock draft, and that's Yoma Urezarike from Iowa State, 6'6", 3'16". He's got some fluidity to him. Had nine sacks last year at Iowa State and was the, I believe he was the Big 12 defensive player of the year. Had had a really good season for Iowa State defensively. And, and I think those are the only four tackles, really, in this draft that are impactful. And so I just wonder if if they're going to, See what happens after this draft, and maybe Sue, if he's going to come back, it might be in Tampa or not at all, right? And so if you've if you've drafted a tackle, maybe you have some leverage. But if you don't draft the tackle, if you come away, Matt, swinging at the fences, you don't get any tackles, boy, that really puts the ball in Sue's court. And speaking of that, this is what Jason Light had to say when it came to uh, his thoughts on Indomica Sue. He says, still in touch, still talk. Got a lot of balls in the air, a lot of decisions we have to make moving forward for different reasons, but we'll leave everything. It's it's an open door for a lot of different things that could come up, but we'll see what happens. There is a time element to it, but there's yeah. a time element on several other positions as well. So uh, a lot of verbiage without really <laughs> saying a whole bunch. And it's just kind of telling this, the uneasiness in the answer and the way Jason was answering it. I think he'd love to have Sue back cheaper than he had last year. That hasn't happened yet. And I think that Jason thinks it might not happen.
1: Yeah. It was funny to see him almost kind of filibuster that answer without trying to give like a a real direct (laughs) uh, response to it. And understandably so I totally get Jason's, point when it comes to how to answer that one properly yeah. it feels like they're playing a game of chicken right now yeah um but it's interesting for sue because we all know like we've seen Indom sue on Twitter we enjoy um a lot of the, the the information that he gives out it's actually very helpful yeah. with a lot of things and he 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 has fun with that and we've seen that Indom sue has other different ventures he obviously has a young family i believe his twins that he has with his wife. Yep. Uh, they just had their first birthday. So he right. obviously has a lot of focus on his family and and his other businesses going on where the Dominican doesn't really have to play football. Yeah. If he doesn't want to, and if he doesn't get paid what he wants to get paid, yeah, he's he going to be, be, be like, worth it for him. yes, so that, he, yeah. he'll just be like, okay guys, I'm done. Like he's already had a great career. He won a super bowl. Yeah. So you don't like have that type of leverage. And right. it's tough for Jason too, to be like, ah, oh, come on, man. Like, we're getting everyone back together, take right. a little bit of a discount, but you're guaranteed to <clears throat> at least make the playoffs and, and you're guaranteed have, to, have to lose success. again to
0: the Rams for the fourth straight year.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like that, fourth there's not that incentive, but yeah. if Jason, if Jason drafts a defensive tackle and you know, there's not a ton of great, uh, as you mentioned in the draft, but even like available free agents, it seems like there's not too many guys that are the cream of the crop that can really compare to a player yeah. such as in Tom can so yeah. maybe uh, Sue maybe gets a little bit jealous if they bring in a def- defensive tackle being like hey wait yeah. don't move on from me just yet like uh, and that that fire to come back could you know could happen in another yeah. month or two it doesn't necessarily have to happen right you know, now but I, I think talking with about sue, the time
0: i think with sue you know e- e- even if they draft the defensive tackle it's hard for defensive tackles to make an impact in year 1. It just is. I mean, yeah. you can take some of the best defensive tackles. Vita Vea had his issues in his rookie yeah. year. Remember he had to like sit down, Jason Light like had to yeah. sit
1: down, maybe not sit down, but like he had a conversation yeah. to almost be like, "Come on, man, let's let's get it going." Like he Need needed the guy like, we drafted you talk. to be, right? Yeah. He needed I mean, a pep
0: talk. Uh, even Warren Sapp was not Warren Sapp in 1995, you know. He had big, yeah. he had 4 or 5 sacks for the his rookie season and and it's just it's hard because you're you're going up against grown men and you can sit there and bench press all you want and you can be 320 pounds coming in the league. There's grown man strength. It's real. You can ask any yes. defensive lineman and for whatever reason, a 33 year old guard who's been in this league and, and, uh, and he might not even be like that great, but, it, but he just has a grown man strength. And so you need you have, you're taking a double teams, you know, 660 pounds worth of, of of two linemen coming at you with grown man strength, it's hard. It's hard to get the bump blocks where you know, you've got a guard crashing on your hip and driving you out of the, your gap. It's, it, it, there's a feel to playing defensive tackle. I've talked to enough of them, and it's just hard to come in and be impactful in year one. And if the Buccaneers are going to draft the defensive tackle this year, Matt, having Indomica Sue and that draft the defensive tackle on the team this year is great. And yes. I think that's I think that's how Sue would look at it. Say, okay, y- even if you draft Devonte White in the first round, uh, you're still going to need me because you can essentially have him in that that Steve McClendon role. No, he uh, get that's what now. I was going to
1: say is that you know they still have to replace or correct bring in Two someone else. Backs. Yeah, yeah, bring in someone else besides yeah. Steve McClendon. And I think another another thing that cannot be overlooked at all when it comes to Dom Sue is that his durability even at his age is so valuable to the box. Right. He hasn't missed a game since he came to Tampa.
0: That's a great point, Matt. And when you, when you look at, at Sue, the only games he's ever missed in his NFL career were because of suspensions for yeah. stomping people or kicking people or whatever back in the days of the lions. Mm-hmm. But and you're right in Tampa, he has not missed a game due to injury. And, and listen, uh, folks, this is important. You need to tune into this. Um, Jason Lights made some great draft picks. He's made a great trade right for for Jason Pierre-Paul for Rob Gronkowski, we mm-hmm. think for Shaq Mason. He's had, he's had some fantastic free agent signings. Obviously Tom Brady, it's kind of a slam dunk, but <laughs> Ryan Jensen, finding Ryan Jensen, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett exactly. Those are those are two complete aces right there. And he's he's done a lot more good than than bad in terms of his acquisitions. But he doesn't get enough credit for and it was an unpopular move at the time for some in the Bucks fan base, but he cut Gerald McCoy, a six-time Pro Bowler who was homegrown, Buccaneer draft pick, and he cut Gerald McCoy, and and essentially replaced him with and sue and there was a, a lot of Buck fans were pissed off because Gerald was their favorite player because he was like one of the only two or three good players on the yeah. team for a while, and especially when Sue took his ninety-three jersey, right. But you see the reasoning behind it. Part of it was Jason Light felt like Dominican Sue was a better defensive tackle. And folks, look at their careers. Dominican Sue is a better defensive tackle. He's more accomplished in every category except for the Pro Bowl, which is a bit of a farce these days. Mm-hmm. But two seasons of back-to-back six sacks, that's pretty damn good. If you go back to 2020 – he actually had seven and a half sacks because he had a sack and a half in the Super Bowl. the guy hasn't missed a game and unfortunately for Gerald McCoy we saw at the end of his buccaneer career he would miss a couple games each year he would get banged up then he, he's cut he goes to the Cowboys doesn't play it down there blows out his his leg his quad whatever his thigh and then the knee injury out there in um, in, in the Raiders uh, in the Raiders this past year and, and he's probably done. Meanwhile Sue Hadn't missed a game in Tampa, and he might be yeah. coming back for another year. That was one hell of a ballsy move, but it was the absolute right move cutting McCoy and signing Sue. And, and that was, yeah, that was to me an integral part of the Bucks Super Bowl push. Absolutely, it
1: was gutsy, people didn't like it. It was ballsy, as you said, but. And you know, it, it's sad for Gerald. I I feel bad for him that you know all the injuries and that he that he's broken down over the past couple of years. But I mean, since since Gerald McCoy got cut and he went to the Panthers, Cowboys and, and Raiders, and since Sue came to Tampa, played for yeah. the Bucks, you can't even compare the two. Yeah. You know, like it's not even it's not even close. I don't have the stats up in front of me, but again, durability the just the amount that Sue's been able to play the impact that he had on the defensive line the Bucs are obviously were the number one run stoppers over the right. past couple of seasons it's it's almost incomparable when you yeah. put those two guys up who were also in the same draft class i believe and yeah, only a couple f- of picks you 20-30. know away from each other too
0: yeah the, the bucks wanted endomica sue and it's mm-hmm. funny cuz raheem morris actually called me we came out with with the Indomitra sue on the cover of our peter report pre-draft issue and, and Raheem actually called me and was like lambasting me on the phone. He said, he said, man, why you got to sit there and put Sue on the cover of, of your pre-draft issue? And I said, <laughs> don't you want him? He's like, of course we want him, but we're not going to get him. He's going to Detroit. This is like a month before the draft. Yeah. He's like, he's like, we're not going to get him. All you're doing is just setting up fans for disappointment. Cause we're going to, we're going to, he didn't say get stuck with, but he was going to say, we're going to have to take McCoy because we need a defensive tackle, a three technique and, and Sue's not going to be there. But it's just funny that he, even then he knew that McCoy was going to be a defensive tackle for the Buccaneers because Sue wasn't going to be an option, you know, and that's right. that's, that's just how it is. So the, the the interesting thing about Sue, as you had mentioned, Matt, is is uh, he's really getting into the financial world with his free financial advice on Twitter, which is always an interesting read because Ndamukong is an interesting guy. But, folks, that's not the only place you can go for financial wisdom, uh in Twitter account. You can also do it with our friends over at Immuni Financial. At Ammuni Financial, we help you live in the now.
1: You Congratulations, you we're so happy. Thank to you. you. Thank you.
0: And even though the
1: now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating
0: you? Oh, just fantastic.
1: I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All
0: right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow. Today. Amuni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead. Man, we got to get to Colorado, man. We do. I know, I know. And listen, if you want to save some money, and, and and not just for vacations, folks, but for things big things like college savings for your kids, or maybe some savings for yourself for your retirement, then do what I did. Call the folks over at Amuni Financial to help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Because at Amuni Financial, managing... Your family's wealth means more to them than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, those college savings accounts we've talked about, and the insurance services that they provide. They've got 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area. Do what I did. Call Dave, call Mark, and great folks over at Muni Financial to help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. For a risk free no obligation consultation or visit him on the line or visit him online at immuni.com.
1: Scott, one last thing I want to bring up about Sue before we switch topics here. Yep. Um as you were talking about bringing in Sue or bringing back Sue and and bringing in like a rookie defensive tackle and how mm-hmm. they could work together. Sue has talked a lot about since he's been in Tampa um, giving advice to younger guys, mostly financial advice. Uh, players <laughs> either getting yeah. financial advice from right a Mooney, a Muni Financial, or from Indominic and Sue. But Sue has talked about giving advice just overall being yeah. a mentor financially for players such as Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards. I can only imagine if he gets a, a guy that plays his position, another mm-hmm. defensive tackle, the. The mentor, the mentor that he, the could wealth be of knowledge,
0: by, that, that young player would be financially,
1: yeah, not only financially, but as a defensive tackle and help him right. grow as a football player. Yeah, again, I just think would be incredible if they can get Sue back and and bring in a, a rookie as well. I I think it would be, I I think beyond that would be measure, ideal,
0: right? Yeah. To ha- to have a year with Sue, right? Have that that player then replace Sue in twenty twenty three as the starter yes. rather than bring Sue back, don't draft the defensive tackle, and then Sue's gone. And now you're, you're forced to essentially start and, and, or draft and start a rookie defensive tackle. And that doesn't always work out too well in 2023. But, but uh, you know, one of the interesting things that Jason Light talked about sticking in the trenches is something that we've kind of wondered at, at the Peter Report staff. They re-sign center Ryan Jensen to a three-year deal. And then, of course, last year they drafted Robert Hainsey in the third round, who was a right tackle in Notre Dame, moved him inside to play center. He was the backup for Jensen last year. And with the Buccaneers losing Alex Kappa in free agency and Ali Marpet to retirement, well, Jason Light goes out and he trades for Shaq Mason. And that's a hell of a trade, right? Shaq Mason is going to be a, a big time contributor for this yeah. football team. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be starting at right guard. That's the position he played in New England, blocking for Tom Brady and the Patriots. But that left guard spot, they're re Aaron Stenney, They've got a couple of in-house guys to throw in the mix. And Jason Light said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to throw Robert Hansey in the mix as well.
1: Yes, his words were that he will
0: definitely,
1: definitely compete to start at, at left guard. And uh, again, yeah, that's something that you have brought up on the podcast, Scott, in terms of what exactly are they going to do with, with the uh, Hainsey? Is he still just going to continue to be a backup center? And I like the idea that worst case scenario, if he doesn't win the starting job at left guard, and it's a pretty damn good competition for uh starting left guard that we'll see in training camp, but like worst case scenario, mm-hmm. Hainsey is just back as the, the, the backup, center behind Ryan Jensen, but we're going to have an awesome competition and training camp this year. Battle Royale. Yeah. Battle Royale, as we've been talking about uh, between him, between Nick Leverett, between Aaron Stinney. So there's going to be so many different options. And I like that Hange, going to get a chance too, because the reason that, and Jason said too, that they love his versatility that goes all the way back to watching him at the senior bowl. When he was playing position, he mostly played tackle at Notre Dame, And then he moved to guard and he moved to center and he was willing to play a new position at the senior bowl, which is such a critical situation where you have all these scouts looking at you and you're trying to learn a new position at the same time. And he showed that he wasn't afraid to go and do that. Uh, Versatility, especially on the offensive line can really get you a long way here in the NFL. And especially with this coaching staff and with this front office, they absolutely love that about, Robert Hainsy, and I, I think it's great that he's going to have uh, at least, uh, you know, an, uh, an opportunity to potentially be a starter in just yeah. his second year. And he was a guy too. I know he missed time in training camp. We talked about that, mm-hmm. but he was extremely attentive. Like he went and he took snaps from Tom Brady. Jensen was talking to Tom Brady, yeah,
0: about his his development and how quickly he mentally picked up the game. Only played forty one snaps in some spot duty during the, his rookie season. So didn't get a lot of playing time and really missed two preseason games, only played in that final one at Houston. Mm-hmm. So uh, it you know it's going to be interesting to see. He's got to de- really develop his lower body. He's got to get bigger and thicker, and that's something that we've heard from management and then Ryan Jensen even said it. So it's pretty obvious yeah. that he's got to hit the weight room <laughs> and, and do that. Speaking about preseason, though, we did learn, too, that the Buccaneers will be traveling to Nashville, not just to play the Titans, uh, supposedly in another preseason game, but to return the favor and hold joint practices with the Titans at their facility, obviously John Robinson, the general manager for the Titans, longtime friends with Jason light worked here in Tampa Bay under Jason, but then also Mike Rabel and Jason light have that relationship dating back to their days at the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be so much fun. It was great when the Titans came here last year. It's always, it's always fun when you get the joint practices going back to yeah. when the Dolphins came to Tampa and obviously the Titans coming here last year. Um, I don't think we're going to get any punches like when yeah. Antonio Brown right. threw a punch and Bruce said <laughs> he was just swatting up flies. Right. I don't think we'll get that. But I mean, there was always a ton of competition. I remember the Titans really took it to the box in that first yeah. practice. And Bruce wasn't really happy with how his team performed. And then they bounced back uh, in the next practice during training camp. And then they went on to, to play the game, of right. course. I, I don't think this does anything but, but help both sides. You know, you get sick and tired of going against your own teammate, the same opponent each and every single time. Yep. So I think, you know, it's just a fun thing. Obviously them going to Tennessee this time is a little sure. different than, than some good work. Tampa. Man. Yeah. yeah, but
0: absolutely. I, I think it's great for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a chance to speak to not only Jason light, but also Joel glazier and yes. I really haven't talked to Joel for a couple of years. I think after the Super Bowl via Zoom, because there was no NFL owners' meeting last year <laughs> due to COVID. Yeah. So, a rare treat to talk to Joel. We got about seven minutes and 34 seconds of his time, if my recorder was accurate and <laughs> capturing every, every minute. Uh, it was brief, but uh, as it always is with the Blazers. But uh, I think two of the big takeaways that I got from, from this as it pertains to the team are number one, the Buccaneers were able to hold a game back. They've got nine home games this year and they were able to keep the NFL from one of those games. In other words, protect one home game that for sure it's going to be in Tampa and they picked the Packers, which, which is a really key game because if you win that game and you probably have a better chance of winning it in Tampa rather than a neutral field, like in Germany, that could really be a tiebreaker. When it comes to the playoffs. So I think a very good strategic move there. I don't see the NFL, Matt, taking uh, another marquee opponent like Kansas City and having that be the game over in Germany. If you look historically at the international games, uh-huh. it's always been kind of like a lopsided matchup or it's kind of two chump teams a little bit. If you go back to the last time the Bucks played overseas, it was in 2019 in London, the Bucks mm-hmm. and the Panthers, And so I just don't think that that the NFL is going to take a marquee matchup like Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, a game that probably will be on primetime on a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game, a Monday night game, and put that overseas because those overseas games are not in primetime, right? They're they're usually like a nine in the morning game.
1: Yeah, they're they're early Sunday morning. And the NFL is a business, Scott. We all know this. so. They know they're going to make their money. Their their bread is buttered by right. having, as you said, the marquee matchups, the yep. Sunday night games, the Monday night games, Brady versus Mahomes, yep. a rematch from the Super Bowl, exactly. you know, all, all that great stuff. They can build yep. it up that way. And, yeah, as you said, like, even a couple seasons ago, Bucks panthers was still not like, oh, my God, I have to absolutely watch this. Unless right. you're not uh, – if you're a fan of the, either team, of course you're watching yeah. it. But, you know, to, to the outside fan, I looked too even last year. It just dawned you know, on me,
0: Matt. Hold on. I, I knew who they're going to play. This is breaking gonna news. They're going to play the New Orleans Saints. You think so? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because
1: they can't because, play the Falcons. Because the Falcons just played in London last right. year. and That's what I was going to say. Is, I remember the Jets played the Falcons yeah, it's gonna be the in Saints. London. And no, no one really thought it was a big
0: deal. You it's, think it's, it's going to be the, the Saints? It's going to be the Saints because – the Buccaneers have proven that they cannot beat the saints at home or in new Orleans. So why not give Germany a try, right? That's Dennis warm.
1: Allen. So Dennis Allen, I asked him about Brady, of course, but then yep. I also asked him about, you know, what's been, what would he contribute this su- success to in the regular season over the past couple of years? Yep. The saints have had the box number in the regular season. We know right. what happened in the playoffs. Yep. Um. And he, he, yeah, he was like, yeah, you know, especially defensively we've, Done very well against the Bucks, especially in Tampa over the right. past couple of years, and he credited that you know they have very good players. And when you have good players yeah. and you build up a good game plan, you hope to have success like that. But he said he he went out of his way to say specifically in Tampa we've had a lot of success there. Right. So I'm on board with this.
0: Yeah, play well, them in
1: somewhere they were where yes. they haven't beaten you yet.
0: Neutral field, you know, get them away from from New Orleans, away from Tampa. I think that I think they can beat the Saints overseas. And let's not forget Jameis Winston sucks in international games. Yep. He threw five interceptions, five in London Including against the first
1: pass of the game.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that that's that's who the Bucs should play. Matter of fact, they Everyone should petition the league. This. Everyone and watching say, this we want the Saints yeah. in Germany <laughs> with plenty of beer. And make sure Jameis is starting, please.
1: Everyone mark this down. Everyone watching this, if you're listening to it later, mark it down. Lock it in at this point. I think we're about 52 minutes in Scott Reynolds is predicting slash breaking bucks playing the saints in Germany. All the dots are connecting. Everything is lining together. It makes total and perfect sense that the
0: bucks would play the saints in Germany. The thing is, is, is I would bet money on it at this point. I think, I think we just cracked the code. We figured it out, but listen, if you're going to do some betting, I mean, Here's where you got to go to our official gaming partner, MyBookie. With Gonzaga officially bounced from the NCAA tournament, yep, the national championship is up for grabs, and so is the bag with MyBookie. It's a better's market when the dogs are barking. The number one seeds lost to Arkansas proved that underdogs provide the best value. So take advantage You get some skin in the game with MyBookie. It's Final Four time. Sign up today at MyBookie and use promo code Pewter. To secure a first deposit bonus up to $1,000, it's simple. Deposit $200 and play with $300 instantly just by using the promo code pewter to claim your bonus. Mobile or on the go, college ball or NBA, no matter the league, no matter the minute, my bookie puts the action in your hands so you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
1: Yeah, some great matchups there, too. Duke versus North Carolina. We'll yeah. obviously all be rooting for Kansas to lose when they yes, play against will. Villanova. Shout-out really Jay cool Wright, who's the coach at Hofstra. So yeah. that was cool. So, yeah, a ton of fun things to, to see. And so make sure you go to uh, for for the final four. So make sure you go to mybookie.com. Yeah. Shout-out to Byron for this super chat right here. If we don't retain Sue, do you see them going uh, free agent edge and draft defensive tackle with Joe Tronchenko moving inside? On passing downs.
0: It could be. Um, I, I I'm of the opinion that because there are not too many quality defensive tackles, they really fit with the bucks want to do in this draft, which is they don't want another run stuffer. They've got Vita Vea, They've got nacho. Even if they bring Sue back, they don't want another run stuffer. They want somebody with a little bit more juice inside. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up drafting another edge player at mm-hmm. some point. To give them some interior rush flexibility. Remember, even before Joe Tryon Shoinka was drafted by the Buccaneers, they would move Jason Pierre-Paul inside, yeah. and they would they would rush Anthony Nelson and Shaq Barrett because they want to have that quickier, twitchier guy inside with some length that can exploit a guard in a one-on-one or you know hit the, the A or B gap and uh, maybe cross the face of the center with a stunt. We saw Joe Tryon showing he could do that last year. I think it kind of stunted his growth a little bit. I think they would like to keep him on the outside and have him be that 10, 12 sack guy that I think he has the talent to be on the outside, Matt. But if they don't find that defensive tackle that that has the the quick twitch they're looking for that can get to the quarterback, they might have to kind of manufacture that nickel rush with another mm-hmm. edge rusher in the draft, uh, maybe even high. I mean, Boye Mafe is a... Is a possible candidate. I don't know that they would draft him in 27. They might trade back a little bit, but you know, that's a name to keep in mind. Uh, Alex Wright from uh, UAB is, is a player that they've, they've had a little bit of their eye on 6'7, 270 pounds. So think of a bigger body type, like a Jason Pierre Paul, a Joe Troyon Shoinka that, that has some length and some size to them. That can be an, uh, an outside rusher, and remember, Anthony Nelson is going to be a free agent after this year, mm-hmm. but also has the, the ability the, with that length and that speed to rush on the inside with their nickel rush.
1: Yeah, what I want to see from Joe Tryon, and Jason Light actually spoke about him today. I believe no. uh, you asked him about him. But I want to see Joe Tryon, line up at edge, not have to worry too much on the inside, and let him be the player that you drafted him to be. Because right. you're going to have him for... Uh, You drafted him in the first round. So if you pick up his option down the road, you're going to have him here for five years. You already put him, I don't want to say behind the eight ball, but you already put him at third on the depth chart with an ailing JPP. And we've talked a lot about that, how Joe Tronchenko should have gotten a lot more playing time. So we don't need to readdress that, but Mm -hmm. now you have that chance to let him full front and center be that edge rusher. Now situation, situationally, if you want to kick him inside here and there, Fine, you know, if it's third and long, I get that. We all know Todd Bowles really likes to get creative. Yep. But I- I'm all for let JTS do his thing on the outside. Let's really see if he can be that that compliment to Shaq Barrett on the other side. We talked a lot about how uh, JTS could have had even – you know more yeah. sacks and I'm willing to roll the dice with uh you know w- with that rookie defensive tackle lined yep. up next to Vita Vea and well, you know
0: speaking of, of the draft Matt, uh we don't do the the pewter report draft editions anymore um yeah print is a dying media and while they were fun to do and fun to read and I I get that I mean I used to publish the magazines and and used to to read other draft publications mm-hmm. the, the, the timeliness just isn't there right i mean the Sometimes we would print stuff, it'd be out of date or whatever. That, that's just the, the problem with print. That's why everything's gone online. And we are going to be doing our Pewter Report draft preview coming up in April. So just April's around the corner. So as we get closer to the draft, look for those previews online, those position previews that'll have our Bucks Best Bets. And if you haven't checked out our latest mock draft, it was out last week. And, and we'll have, it, uh, have another mock draft for you probably in a week or so as we get more information from these pro days and kind of drill down what the Buccaneers are doing. So one of the interesting things, Matt, that I did ask Jason Light about was uh, was the wide receiver position. And right. Richie P says, with what Light said about wide receivers, do you think it's going to change your mock? Potentially a wide receiver at 27. By the way, Chris Sims has uh, Watson, and that's Christian Watson, the North Dakota State wide receiver, as his number two receiver. Interesting thing there is, and the reason for, for my question was when you look at these wide receivers – that the Buccaneers are bringing in as part of their top 30 visits. Uh, there's a couple of names that I think we collectively and the Peter Report staff like, and and uh, John Ledger is going to be having his wide receiver rankings in his Bucks briefing tomorrow on PeterReport.com, so make sure you check out yeah, PeterReport.com in the morning. He'll have those there, but Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver, not as good as Garrett Wilson, but he's a player that could be there at 27. You know, the Packers are looking at him as well. They pick a, a spot behind Tampa Bay, but Traylon Burks, those two players are on the Bucks' top 30 list. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Christian Watson also making a, a visit to the Advent health training center at one Buccaneer place, because he is part of that local group. He is a Tampa kid played at plant high school. So he is eligible to be able to come in and, yeah. and visit personally with the coaching staff and, and the personnel and scouting staff. So, I wouldn't rule that out. One of the things that Jason Light said was the, the lack of, of bodies hurt them. Not having Antonio Brown, not having Chris Godwin, and really it being down to Mike Evans. Because if you remember, Cyril Grayson injured a hamstring. Brashard Perriman was out. It was almost like 2019 all over again. I mean, they did have Mike Evans, and he did torch uh, Jalen Ramsey in that game, Matt. But, but this is a wide receiver-driven offense. And you saw... When the wide receivers were healthy in 2020, the Bucs won the Super Bowl. But without the horses last year, they didn't have that. So I know they've re-signed Chris Godwin. I know that Mike Evans is still under contract. I know that they just signed Russell Gage to a three-year, $30 million deal to be their number three. But you really need four legitimate starting caliber wide receivers on this team. So I would not preclude the Bucs from drafting a wide receiver if the right one's there at 27.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even thinking that they would be done even after they, um, you know, when they signed Russell Gage and, and Jason even went out of his way. You know, you, you had mentioned that there was no A. B. being Chris Godwin and, and yeah. Jason went out of his way to be like, yeah, we also didn't have Cyril Grayson Jr. And we also didn't have Rashawn Perryman for the playoff yeah. game. So it just showed like how much that stuck in his mind because he, you know, went to it right away. I would love the options that you just mentioned. I mean, Chris Olave is a guy that I've been very high on. I had him as my, uh, you know, my combine crush uh, for yeah. coming to the box. I, I think his skill set and his ability to, to go deep, but also um, what he can do intermediately as well, too, I think would be helpful. Um, you know, you talked about that the talent that Ohio state had. Well, It was Olave that led the team in touchdowns with all the receiving touchdowns with all the talent there. And Traylon Burks, I mean, some people have him as the first wide receiver coming off the board because he catches everything, Yeah, every single ball that comes his way. He makes some fantastic plays. And we know Bruce Arians. big bodied guy. yeah, Yeah, exactly. And Bruce Arians, part of his issues with Jalen Darden last year was that he wasn't making the catches in training camp. He did everything right. flashy with his speed, but he wasn't small. making the catches.
0: He's too small. The catch radius is too small. I, yeah. I didn't understand the pick at the time. I, I, maybe they were hoping for a Tyreek Hill type player. He's clearly not. He's not that fast. Uh, he's. I, I just. I don't see right. the Jalen Darden even making the team this year. Unless yeah. he really steps it up and delivers as a return specialist, but I don't with think- Perks, you can you know y-
1: you can trust that
0: yeah. you just get the
1: ball near the radius of where he's going to right. be, and he's going to come down with it. And if that guy's your wide receiver four, if, yeah. um, God forbid something happens to their top three receivers, you, you feel a lot better with him yeah. going yeah. in than and, and what Tampa Bay it. had last year.
0: Chris Godwin's coming off of an ACL; he's not yeah. been cleared to play they're anticipating him being being ready for training camp or or, or I should say maybe uh, participating in training camp at some point and be ready for the season. But you don't know if he's going to be 100% and if he's going to be back to the level that he was or if he's going to take that comeback year to really kind of come back and get a feel for it. Yeah. Sometimes injuries are tricky. Everyone's different. It wouldn't hurt to have more insurance at the position. And if it's not in the first round with the Christian Watson, the Traylon Burks, the Chris Olave. A player we had in our recent mock draft in the fourth round, then he may even be a third round guy, is Cincinnati's Alec Pierce. He's a big body, 6'3", 215, great speed, 4'4", speed, and is a vertical threat, kind of in, in the same mold of a Mike Evans. He's more like Mike Evans than, than Burks or Olavi is. That could be a mid-round option as well, but I would be shocked if the Buccaneers don't take advantage of this deep wide receiver class and come away with a draft uh, a, a rookie at some point from the receiver position.
1: You always like to say flood the position.
0: And what I know it? in
1: the past, you've talked about, you know, the corners and safeties in terms of flooding the position, but do it at wide
0: receiver too. Cause yeah. we we've seen the proof is in the pudding when it, when it comes to doing that. Yeah. I think our final little tidbit we got was, it seems like, and again, this is an inference seems like Logan Ryan might get some snaps in the slot. Uh, when I asked Jason Light about it, uh, point blank, is he going to be competing with Sean Murphy Bunting? You know, Jason was like, <laughs> "Well, we we haven't even had a practice yet. You know? uh, we're we're still in March, and you know, OTAs haven't even happened yet." So that tells me that, yeah, he's going to be. And he called him a versatile player, right? He yep. didn't say no. He called him a, a versatile player. So I, I think that 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 is what Jason Light is is inferring is is he might get a look at safety. He might play some nickel slot, you know, cornerback for the Buccaneers. So we'll see if, if that is indeed the case. But uh, that's th- that's at least what we got from Jason. Light. Again, it's always great interviewing Jason in person because yeah. you get to you get to see the facial expressions, read between the lines, and and really kind of get a feel for what what the truth might be, even if, though it's not necessarily spoken.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we don't we only get Jason a couple times a year where, you know, Bruce, we get almost every single day of the week in the season. So, yeah, it's great to see Jason's uh, perspective on yes. things. What obviously he's not going to reveal every single plan that he's got going, but there's a lot of valuable things that you could pick up just from, you know, from talking to him and. Um, uh, just a lot of great things from being at the, the NFL owners meetings in the first place. Um, yep. obviously the bucks with Brady, uh, having Brady back, um, it, uh, gets everyone's antennas up and, uh, bucks are one of the big talks of the, not just Tampa Bay, but across the league. And, uh, it was very apparent there, uh, in, in Palm beach.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, folks, um, uh- we're gonna do this again tomorrow, right? I mean, John Ledyard and myself are gonna be on. We're gonna be talking about John's wide receiver list in his Bucks briefing tomorrow. So if you like wide receiver talk, don't miss tomorrow. And folks, don't miss subscribing to the Pew Report TV channel on YouTube. And hit the like button. When you do that, when you boost our subscriber count and hit the like button, it helps our algorithm on YouTube and it puts our podcasts as a suggestion in front of more Buccaneer fans so they can hear the great content that we provide to you guys on our Peter Report TV station. So uh, for Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds, back from the NFL annual meeting, the owner's meeting in West Palm Beach. And we've got another podcast coming to you tomorrow. So stay tuned to PeterReport.com for all of the Bucks news. Just put an article up about how not everyone's happy to have Tom Brady back with the Buccaneers. We are, but not everyone. Yeah, we are. <laughs> the Buccaneers are, but not everybody else. So for Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds. Saying, uh, appreciate you all tuning in to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast.